Good morning, church. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, you know, I was at Peter's house on Wednesday, and he shared a, another passage out of Acts, mm-hmm. and he, it mentioned the words reverential awe. Reverential. So I've been, since we had that meeting, I've been thinking about that. It's something I want to dive deeper into. I haven't gotten into too much yet. But I was just thinking about what does it mean to be in awe of God? Am I in awe of God? And kind of asking those questions and thinking about that. And I felt like if I'm in awe of God, you know, it means I feel like I have to be in touch with the Holy Spirit. I have to be aware of who God is, his power, his goodness, his, his, his grace. Mm-hmm. I, and, and just see, you know, if I if I don't see God as powerful, then why am I gonna ask God for for help? Or if I don't see God as good, then why am I gonna right. worship Him? So just right. kind of tackling some of those ideas. And I'm like, if I'm not feeling like I'm in awe of God, then, then what do how do I get in awe of God? Yeah. And, and trying to uh, examine those thoughts. And in light of that, I was reading. Verse 1 to 8 of John chapter 5. You know, I was just thinking, like, if I'm going to understand God, I can't see God necessarily, but I, you know, Jesus was that physical manifestation of God, so why don't I start there? Uh, and verse, verse 1 of chapter 5 in John says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep's gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda which is surrounded by five covered columns. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured, he picked up his mat, and he walked. And so, you know, I was reading this passage in that line, you know, do you want to get well, really jumped out to me. So, like, I I felt like I was not in awe of God. I was like, okay, I saw this, do you want to get well? Okay, what do I need to do to, to be in? And here, you know, Jesus is having this interaction with the, the, the invalid, you know, paralytic. He had, you know, legitimate reasons. Well, he said, well, I do, but, you know, these are the reasons that I, that I can't or that I haven't been able to. Jesus is greater than those reasons. So he didn't try to, Jesus didn't try to be like, oh, I guess I can't help you. Or Jesus wanted to help him. Clearly, the man wanted to be well, but well, and then you know, thinking about the cross, knowing that I'm going to share this weekend, that you know, the communion is a time to think about think about Jesus, think about the cross, think about what that means, and it's the perfect time to ask ourselves, you know, do we want to get well? Is there something where we feel, you know, are we feeling perfectly legitimate? You know, thoughts of, you know, are, am I, do I feel stressed out? Do I feel, 
tired? Do I feel faithless? You know, whatever you're bringing in this morning to worship, Mm -hmm. the question to ask yourself is, do you want to get well? Mm -hmm. And, you know, thankfully, Jesus doesn't leave it at that, but he also gives us kind of the way, you know, he is the way to get well, but he he helps explain that. I'm going to read this in John 15 a little bit before we pray for communion. But in John 15, starting in verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be ready, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command, love one another. And I love that Jesus came to this earth, to, to set us free. To, he came to this earth to heal, you know, the, the broken relationship between man and, and between God. He came here so that we don't need to, you know, be unwell. We don't need to be, uh, you know, in, in sin. We don't need to be, feel lonely. We don't need to feel hopeless. He came to give us hope. He conquered death. You know, he set that perfect example. He said, I love you. You know, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that, you know, that's what he came to the earth to do, to demonstrate the, you know, that, that greatest level of love. And, you know, just, uh, let's bow our heads and just think about that. Take this time to, to meditate on that. Thank you. Pray for you. But dear God, uh, thank you so much for for Jesus, God, thank you for the perfect example of love, God. Thank you for your your grace, your goodness, God. That you want to uh, that you want to make people well, God. That you came to this earth to help you know make people well, God. That we don't need to if we feel like we're not where we want to be uh, in life or in any aspect of our faith, God. That you are. The answer, God. All we need to do is come to you, God. Come to the cross. Mm-hmm. That whatever shortcomings we have, God, whatever anxieties we have, God, we can cast them on you. We 
ask them on the cross, God. May you, you take that burden from us. You came here uh, and, and offered your life to free us from all of that, God. Mm-hmm. And that if we take the time to approach you, God, and ask you to, to make us well, God, that you want to do that. Mm-hmm. It is in your heart as our Father, God, to to want to give us those good things. You say, you know, anything that we ask in your name, you know, you will give us. And I just thank you for uh, for being that perfect example, and thank you for being such a, a loving Father. Mm-hmm. I pray that each one of us this morning, whatever we're feeling, can cast it on the cross, we can just come to you and ask you mm-hmm. for help, ask you to get well, ask you for mm-hmm. things in your name and understand that you are uh, capable, God, you want to give us those things. Uh, and I just thank you for this time together. It's your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.